and welcome to another edition of Look Who's Talking, 40 minutes of topical chat relating to the life of Christchurch, New Malden. I'm Anna Larkin, and here on the show I have regulars Stephen Kurt. Hello. And Nathan Larkin. Hey there. Plus our special guest for this month, Joe Hudson. Hello. In this month's edition, we'll be talking about the vision for our work with teenagers. We'll also be discussing an exciting new challenge for all of our home groups, which will be coming up soon. Um, we'll reflect on Mission Sunday, which took place last week, and we'll also take a look at what's coming up at Christchurch as we approach Christmas. And finally, in the light of the recent filming event at Christchurch of a short film called The Last Post, we'll also be having a bit of a discussion on how church and Christians are portrayed in the media. So there's a lot to get through today, but let's start with our work with young people. Nathan, as the youth worker here at Christchurch, I'll come to you first and, and okay. just ask about some of the groups that you run and the differences between them. Because um, for people who, who don't have children who go along or who haven't been involved themselves, um, there's a huge number of groups going on and it can mm. be confusing to tell the difference between them. We've got Encounter, TLC, Engage, Urban Nights, Girls Night In, Room One, Going Deeper, Man Made. Uh, and I think there's another one starting soon called The Hive. So um, mm. could you give us a summary of what all of these groups are and, and what you see as the key differences between them? <laughs> oh, right, okay. Mm. Well, do they really exist? Or some of them just sort of made up names? Oh, you know? To be to honest, as you, <laughs> yeah, as you go through the names, you realise how ridiculous some of them are. But, um, but yeah, a lot of them have been named by the young people themselves. Um, so yeah, I guess Sunday's a good place to start where we have uh, Encounter, which some people at Christchurch will have known it as Pathfinders. Um, but for about the last seven years or so, it's been called Encounter. We've got the 11 to 14s there. We meet on a Sunday morning, and that's during the 9.30 service. And where does that meet? Uh, we're over in the parish halls in the kind of youth room, the kind of living room, kind of comfy room over there. Um, and yeah, we'll have some games, usually uh, some discussion based on a Bible passage or on a topic that we've picked that week. Um, and yeah, that, that's, that's, we've got a really good group. They're actually Joe's son has yep. just joined yes, us this year. Does, yeah. um, and then uh, we've got in the evening, Engage, which was previously known as TLC, previously known as Splat. It's, I don't know how many other names <laughs> it's had. Um, TLC was Teens Loving Church, was yes, it? Yes, it was uh, <laughs> possibly an ironic <laughs> name. Um, but yeah. uh, so it's, in called, it's called Engage now, and the young people chose that's that. That's potentially misleading for some of our young singles, isn't it? I, I think Stephen's the only person that struggled <laughs> with this, uh, this naming or renaming of it. But, uh, but yeah, no, they get, yeah, the young people quite like the idea that an encounter was when you first meet someone, and um, yeah, when you engage, it's something a little deeper. And uh, yeah, so, so it's those who've got too old for encounters, so the 14s and up. Uh, on a Sunday evening, we meet before the 6.30 service. And it's similar in structure to encounter, but we uh, just it's a little more um, mature. Uh, and that one's a smaller group, isn't it, in terms it of is, numbers? It is, yeah. So we've, we usually have about four, maybe five. And uh, yeah, it's a really lovely group. Anna helps make both of those groups. Um, and yeah, so that's on a Sunday. Really enjoy those. Um, on a Monday, Again, for about seven years now, um, I've been going to an oxygen project at Coombe Boys School called Room One. And actually on Tuesday this week, I was there for the last time. So um, yeah, we've decided, as Anna mentioned, uh, to start a new project, which I'll mention in a minute. Um, but yeah, Room One is an after-school club that oxygen run at Coombe Boys School. 
So um, just to be clear, the, the club isn't stopping, it's just your involvement. No, just my involvement, yeah. So it'll keep going. Um, they'll, they'll be fine without me. But uh, a lot of the boys that I've met there over the years have actually came on down to other things that we run here at Christchurch as well. So and Oxygen's a youth project involving several of the churches in the local area, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think and it's 20, yep. 26, 27 yep. local churches mm -hmm. all fund uh, what Oxygen do. Um, and they're fantastic, and they're always looking for volunteers. So if anyone's ever interested in, in going along to Coombe Boys School or one of the other projects, do. Um, do ask and I can put you in touch but yeah so we've also got uh, on a Tuesday night a thing called Urban Nights and on Wednesday Girls Night In uh, both of which are for teenagers all the way up um, I think the youngest we have is is 11 or 12 at Girls Night In and the oldest we have at Urban Nights is 17 coming 18 actually and Urban Nights is just for boys isn't it yep the Urban that's Nights not is as clear in the name as Girls Night In that is true <laughs> but it, it's, so it's on a Tuesday it's the boys on a Wednesday it's the girls and and those clubs I, you know the youth the kind of youth work that I grew up with we would have had a club very like this you know we'll play football we'll play PlayStation we'll have games we'll have food it's fun but it was always on the understanding that there'd be a 10-minute God slot somewhere in there where, as I understood it, that was kind of the payment for having had the fun. we got to sit down <laughs> and um, be talked at for a little while. And, and, you know, actually, I don't want to be too negative about it. I think for a lot of people, that's been really good and it's really worked. But I, I just hope that we can do something a little better. And what we try to do is not slip that kind of thing in there or not turn it into something that someone's forced to hear, but give young people the choice to come along to enjoy themselves at those things and then offer them uh, other groups that are more explicitly about faith that they can choose to come to. So, with, you know, you mentioned Going Deeper, which is a Bible study we run on a Friday for teenagers. Um, we've run Man Made and uh, ID, which were two projects, one again for boys and girls, talking about, you know, kind of, it was a rites of passage type experience where they talk about growing older and um, the changes that they go through and, and what it means to become a man and a woman as they grow up. So is that why you do, I was going to ask, why you do separate ones for girls and boys? Do you find it useful? At, is it because of that age, that sort of yeah, awkward I mean, age, if you like, to do things? It separately. is, and, and what's, what's been quite interesting, it started, I mean, Urban Nights used to be a long time ago for both boys and girls, but it, it kind of emerged, mm. emerged as a, a boys group, which is why we then um, started Girls Night In, and uh, what we found was that keeping them apart, not, not um, hugely intentionally, it has really enabled them to grow up at the pace that suits them. And mm. there's a lot of pressures that they face outside of here. Yeah. Um, they don't really have there and they can just come and just relax and just be themselves. And um, yeah, so that, that's actually been a really um, fortunate um, coincidence, I guess, or God incidence. Just sort of really, that uh, way, yeah. But yeah, um, yeah so, uh, and that leads to the last project, which is something that we're gonna be starting in January, which I'm glad actually to have a chance to talk about. It's, we've just decided it's gonna be called The Hive. And the idea is, um, Based on some of the work I've been doing with Oxygen at Coombe Boys for all those years, I've had this idea that, you know, there's so many young people hanging out after school in New Malden. We've got them pouring out from Coombe Girls, Coombe Boys, Holy Cross, even Richard Challoner, boys coming back down. Um, and they're all in and around New Malden again at about three o'clock. So we're going to try and open up the parish halls and give them a space to, to come and get to know them and spend time together and relax a little bit after school. Um, so yeah, and, and again, it's still really early stages. We're, we're trying to decide where we're going to go with it. But at the minute, it's, it's, mm. it's really about providing them somewhere to go and a chance for us to meet them. Um, so yeah, that's starting in January. Again, anyone, anyone wants to volunteer, I'm really mm. quite interested mm. in people um, getting involved. 
Brilliant, thank you. Well, um, so obviously there is a huge amount going on and in each of the different groups there's a slightly different sort of target audience and, and an aim and a rationale behind it. Um, so uh, Stephen, if I can come to you now, is it, how do you see youth work fitting in with the general strategy of the church overall? Yeah, well I love hearing when Nathan runs through all those groups and the diversity of them and particularly what he said about the sort of the, the exit of the God slot. Um, I really uh, am sort of very enthusiastic about where this youth work fits in with our overall strategy, really, because our overall mission strategy at Christchurch is very much sort of summarised under the slogan of sort of meeting people where they are but not leaving them there. So we want to have groups that encounter people where they are and the problems and the issues that they, uh, they face and where we're seeking to share God's love with those people and build community with them. But we also uh, very much have a strategy of wanting, as people respond to that, for them to have um, the opportunities uh, to learn more about Christianity, to develop in their Christian faith, or in some cases start uh, a Christian faith. So that's where all those different groups and where they can be mapped on that sort of trajectory come in. It's very mm. much what we're trying to do as well with Grapevine, what we're trying to do with the 9.30 service, very much um, reflect that sort of uh, approach that we're having overall. I, you know, my experience has been that it's a completely different experience when you sit down to talk about faith with someone who's choosing to, yeah. um, instead of it yeah. being something yeah. that they feel yeah, they should do or they yeah. have to do as, as a payment. They've already something. seen to some degree that it makes sense, and they're already questions Absolutely. being provoked in their mind, aren't they, yeah. about, mm -hmm. well, you know, why are these people building community that I can be part of? Why am I being welcomed? So a lot of natural questions come begging that then... That's the, and that's the challenge for us, leading these projects. And there is a lot of interest, is, isn't there? It's not that you know, the young people are taking all of the, the fun bits and not asking questions. No, uh, how, yeah, how many did you come along to the, uh, the Youth Alpha course that you ran? Yeah, I think overall we had, uh, was it 27 young people um, came and through it? And that was a completely voluntary thing, wasn't it? And it uh, wasn't on a night that we would replace another event or anything like that. It was on a, it was on a Sunday night. And, um, yeah, but it was, it, we, we always feel like when we run... Um, something like the Youth Alpha or um, the ID project or um, the man-made one that I mentioned that they don't replace their usual group. The usual group will continue to run so that those who don't choose to go on these things aren't being punished for not yeah. going. Mm. Um, so yeah, they're definitely um, opting to come because they've seen something they want to know more about. You know, and it, you know, really, I think it, it was a real turning point when I reread a verse. You know, where. Um, uh, it, I think as Paul talks about um, always being ready to give an answer for the hope that you have. Peter. Uh, Peter, sorry. <laughs> yes. One um, Peter 3.15. Oh, there we go. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I think I'd always uh, understood that as, you know, be ready, tell people every time you have a chance, go talking about your faith. But actually, you know, the, the impetus in the verse is being ready to give mm. an answer. Yep. And that presupposes that someone's asking a question. Yep. So I, I see our job as... Um, modeling community in, in God's love and grace and all of the things that we believe it should be. Um, and trusting God that, that when we are living the way we should and providing other people the opportunity to belong and to join, that qu questions will be um, asked and then being ready to say, well, this is why we run this club this way. This is why we treat each other this way. Mm. Um, this is what it's all about. And with, with Youth Alpha, going back to that quickly, were all those families, Christ, say Christchurch families, or connected all, had no, it, did it pull in others as I well? The only ones were Rebecca and James. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. So there was about, no, there was, there was 
maybe four or five of the young people yeah. were connected Gosh, to Christchurch. that's really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. it really did really reach out. It really fulfilled that sort of yeah. Yes. In yeah. fact, we found, out, we found out halfway through the course that there was uh, one of the girls who was coming um, had been lying to her mum about where she was because her, <laughs> <mom, laughs> her mum wouldn't have approved oh, her doing that. Really? Yeah, so <laughs> she, she was coming sort of, yeah, on the down low. I suppose there are, there are worse places there are your worse child could be could sneaking be, off to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, Joe, coming to you now as, as a parent, mm-hmm. you've got two boys, but Charlie has just started secondary yes, school. Yes, he's just turned 12, that's and right. And he's just so moved up into Encounter and sort yeah. of is the right age now to move into all of these groups that we've just yeah. talked about. So, as a parent, what, what is it that you hope Charlie will get out of the youth work here at Christchurch? Well, I think, I mean, I think firstly, talking about Encounter as well, I've really noticed, and I think it really ties in with him growing up and moving to secondary school, that you, you find with the other groups, it's much more teaching you know it's a little bit more sort of Sunday school focus if you like but from and I've never been to a to an encounter but from what I hear back from him and his friends it's much more a discussion which they are getting to the age when they do want their you know their opinions heard or respected or understood so I think that in itself is a is a much better forum I think you know they are outgrowing Sunday school Mm. and that sort of learning so I think that in itself is great and seems to work Mm. and there's there's quite a nice little group of them that, that come yeah. when they're, you know, I think it's, it seems to be quite a nice um, demographic of them, if you like. And I think in terms of what I'm hoping to get from them, I mean, it's, it's quite a big question when you unpick it. But the most important thing for me at the moment, I think, is, is, is holding them in the church, I think, and not losing them. That's one of the first things. Because mm-hmm. actually, when you get to that age, it's, it is really easy to, to slip away. There are yeah. so many demands on children, even at that age, you know, mm-hmm. even at 12 with... Yeah with clubs, with sport, with homework, with sleep. There are, there are lots of reasons you mm. can suddenly find at 12, 13, yeah. why not to come up at 9.30 on a Sunday morning? So the fact that they're engaged and enjoying it and curious about it and, and feel belonging to it, I think is the first hurdle that yeah. you know, we're getting there, if you can do that. Mm. And then I think that in turn really cements their feeling of, of community and family. I know that sounds a bit cliched, yep. but if they feel part of the Christchurch family, whichever yep. way we're doing it, yep. then yeah. that for me as a parent, when you're facing all those other teenage unknown anxieties, is really, mm. really important. So, mm. so I hope they'll get as much security and mm. sense security, of belonging. Security, yes, that's another but actually, word. Yeah. they would think, well, of course I'm not going to leave this because this is part of my sort of extended yeah. family. And uh, I'm hoping that you know, that's going to grow more and more. And I think the discussional style of it, you know, mm. it, it is very deliberate because we do, you know, a huge message, message we want them to take from it is that they're not passengers at church. They're not um, yeah. here waiting to become church one day when they're older, that they yeah. are vital, important mm. parts of the church and, and that they should be shaping the kind of church we yeah. are as yeah. well. This Sunday Their they're doing the refreshments, counts, think, aren't they? Yeah. On the fifth Sunday, they yeah. do the refreshments, yeah. which might seem quite a small thing, but it's quite significant, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, we really want the message to be that, you know, they're not just here to take, which kids can get that message. Well, actually, they can get that message because adults don't let them do anything else mm. at yeah. times. Yeah. But no, we're giving them an opportunity every month that has five Sundays on the fifth Sunday they come and they make the teas and the mm-hmm. coffees and they um, it's a particularly brilliant chance for the the quieter ones who don't yeah. do quite so well in a, in a discussion yeah um, it's brilliant for really bringing them to, yeah, the, they to, the, to the front the they you know they are fantastic at getting stuck in and it, the noisy mm. ones mm. Are generally playing about with the biscuits or something <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah it, and yeah, it's like a great <laughs> opportunity for them to um, they serve they pour out the cups of tea and yeah. coffee as well for people as they come up and yeah you get to see their yeah, face the rest of the church gets to yeah. see their yeah. face and it's they uh, really and encourage them it. you know mm. so please do uh, encourage yeah. them when you when you receive your tea and coffee you know a smile and a thank you mm. 
Well, Stephen, I'm going to come to you now. I know that you and, and Nathan, actually, both of you, um, feel that the role of parents in, in the youth work programmes mm. at church is really, really important. Absolutely so would crucial. you like to say a bit more about that? Why do you think parents have such a vital role? What's the point of paying a youth worker <laughs> if the parents well, still I think have the, to do some work? The youth work? worker's role is crucial, but without the parents being on board, however dynamic... Uh, the the youth worker is and however intriguing his Irish accent uh, <laughs> I think there's only a certain amount that can be done basically having the parents completely behind what uh, the youth work is trying to do and what Christchurch as a whole is trying to do is absolutely crucial and it really comes down to encouragement because parents encourage their children on lots of things, they encourage them to work hard at school they encourage them to have good relationships and so basically it needs to be in there, parents need to be encouraging their children to come and um, completely behind what we're doing. It doesn't mean they have to be, go on about it the whole time, but their children and their young people need to be in no doubt that their parents are full on for this. Yeah. And then I think more of them will come than mm. won't actually. And I think sometimes what happens as kids become teenagers is the parents can feel, well, there's only so much you can do. But actually, I believe there's loads that parents can do. And I think most children will follow what their parents really, really want them uh, to be doing. It's the stuff their parents are ambivalent about that usually drops out. And, yeah, I think they're um, incredibly clever at, uh, at perceiving yeah. what the mm, bottom line is, yeah. Where, yeah. Where, you know, where, which lines they can push and which lines yeah. they don't. Yeah. And, and I think, um, sadly, often yeah. the message they get is, you know, school is the absolute you know, yep. bottom line. Getting to university. Getting yep. to university. But getting that church, you know, at the end of it. If school goes okay, perhaps we can negotiate church, you know, yeah. and, and, and sadly it's... Um, it's not about forcing them to come. No. I want to be absolutely clear about this. I don't want any parent forcing their children to come. But what I do want is an atmosphere of expectation. This is what we do. This is yeah. really positive. Yeah. This, this is mm. going to really uh, enrich your life. And I think if that's there, then actually the church and the youth work, that can sort of do the rest, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for me, it's... it's I mean... I, Obviously, I'm, I'm not a parent yet, but um, I was young not that long ago. And, um, <laughs> well, I don't know, you're 30 soon, though. Yeah, no, you? let's oh, not go there. You may be married to a young woman. But, <laughs> <laughs> getting on. That doesn't count. Yeah, but I mean, for me, it's, it's a lot of it is about confidence and, yep. and parents really having confidence that in what we believe. You know, do we really believe that, you know, when Jesus said that he brings fullness of life, that if, we, yep. obviously, I think every parent wants their child to have the very best, the, mm. the, um, but it's about where we really believe yeah. they'll get that from. And mm. I think, to be fair to a lot of our parents, I think if they had a church background, quite a lot of people grew up with uh, church being something where there was sort of real life uh, from Monday through to Saturday, and then church was valuable, but rather distinct from that. Mm. And one of the biggest things we're trying to do at Christchurch, which will, I think, come up later in the show, is integration uh, about how every single aspect of our lives can be completely integrated with our Christian faith and can be richer because of it. And I think as our parents at Christchurch get more used to that message, I hope that that will flow into the support for the youth work, which essentially has the same aim. Yeah, and I mean, I want to be clear, we, we get a lot of support from a lot of parents as well. You know, we've had parents um, driving whole loads of children miles yeah. away for weekends. We've had them showing up and, and mm. cooking meals for the yeah. rest of the young people. We've, mm. uh, you know, we've had all sorts of, in fact, I've even had some young people lately who've made the transition to secondary school and been finding it difficult. And what's been really lovely is um, parents seeing me as someone, and Anna, in fact, as, as people that um, 
that have a role in that, you know, and calling us up and asking us, um, telling us they're worried about yep. their children, and you know, mm. not seeing us as someone who runs a club, um, mm. but seeing Anna and I, and and in my role here as someone who's there to help them through all of those types of things. And, and I think um, that's so vital and such a, such an asset for Christchurch. Um, because at that age, who do you want to talk to? Not your parents often, mm. certainly not a teacher, friends. It's a bit so actually to have somebody sort of locally who you know, who you respect, you think is quite cool, which mm. I think they do. Well. You take that as a compliment, <laughs> you too. I think they do. I think that's, you know, it's, re it's really reassuring as a parent to yep. know there is that resource, not to refer yep. to resource, available. I yeah. think yep. it's, that's it's fantastic. That's precisely what so we want important. for parents to feel really confident they're not by themselves. Mm. Because I think with grandparents living further away, extended family further apart, yeah. the role of the church can be more crucial than ever in parents feeling they've got that support around them. Mm. I speak as a parent as well as vicar there. <laughs> well, let's move on now to another area of challenge for members at Christchurch. So we have got a new exciting, though some might find it scary, a new project um, in which our home groups, and in fact some of the groups for young people as well, yeah. will all be given £100. Now, Stephen, what is this £100 <laughs> for? Is it to increase the standard of the biscuits? In no, it's yeah. not. no, it's not. It's got nothing to do with that. <laughs> Basically, it went through PCC just recently, so this is sort of, you know, very up-to-date news. Basically, the PCC, the Church Council, took the decision recently at one of its meetings uh, to give its approval to an idea where we give all of the home groups, the, uh, the groups that meet in people's homes during the week at Christchurch to study the Bible, pray, support one another, all of those home groups, plus some of our young people's groups, are going to be given £100. And the challenge is that they've got to somehow bless the local community, the mm -hmm. people of New mm -hmm. Malden, with this money that they're given. Now, the thing is that uh, home groups can, very understandably, sometimes become rather inward-looking because they are, in many ways, about a group of Christians supporting one another, praying with each other, studying together, helping one another. Um, but it's important that every Christian group is outward looking as well. Yeah. And so this challenge is for all of our groups. And the idea is that they have a meeting uh, where they talk about what they might do. And then various things have been suggested. It might be that um, uh, a group does something about a local area which is uh, covered with graffiti and they hire a sort of machine to get rid of that <laughs> all. I don't know. It might be that they decide to use the money to put on a tea for older members of the local community who can come in and then be sort of treated to scones and tea and jam and all that sort of thing. So the idea is that all of our groups, as I say, including our young people's groups, um, really sort of engage with this and think, how are we being called by God to make a difference to our local community? With the money, really, as the, as, as the challenge. Um, and £100 isn't an insignificant amount of money, and so groups will have to think about where they you know, what they spend that on, uh, what they're going to seek to bring about. And what I hope will happen is that it will really energise our home groups as well, that we'll get people who, just like you were saying earlier about sort of when the young people are doing the refreshments, mm. people's particular talents will emerge. Some people yeah. have got a lot of creativity or imagination or a particular vision or, or a, you know, a lot of energy for doing practical things, they will really come to the fore. Mm. So that's the idea. So we're not accepting burying the 100 pounds no, in the No, no, yeah. You can tell it's <laughs> loosely based on the parable of the talents. And there'll be... Uh, yeah. We'll probably launch this in the new year at Christchurch. And, yeah, we won't... It, it, you know, the idea is not that groups just sort of either give the money to charity or yeah. they come back and just give it back. The idea is they're able to come back and report on what they've mm -hmm. actually practically done. 
But it, it's not a competition, is it? It's not meant to be. It's not. It's definitely not meant to be a competition. Okay. The idea is, the vision is that we have 15 or so projects completely different in nature, which all in different ways are blessing the people of New Morden, and particularly people outside the church. The idea is not that we use this money to help people who already come. The idea is that complete outsiders, the sort of people of New Morden generally, are helped and, dare I say, sort of blessed by this project. And if a church spends 1,500 quid and it results in 15 separate projects blessing the local community, I can't really imagine. It's incredibly it's good. Not really it's pretty bad, yeah. yeah. It's not really bad yeah. yeah. So, uh, so Joe, you are a member of the home group, aren't you? <laughs> yes, that's right. Are you yes. glad you are? <laughs> so I don't want to put you on the spot. Yeah, but I don't know if I'm at liberty to say. We only discussed this <laughs> last <laughs> week. Discussed we discussed it. it. Well, well our, our leader, else, yes, you mentioned it. You discussed it even before PC had taken decisions, so you were very confident. Yes, I think we've, we've, we've got an inside. Yeah, we've got or a Sarah Parker's yeah, your leader, Yeah, exactly, yeah. So we have, you know, absolutely. So we get this sort of a little bit preview to it. But we did discuss it, and it was absolutely unanimously, you know, met with, great enthusiasm and what a good idea and what a sort of practical idea and I think um, you know that's how the church needs to be seen increasingly so and actually mm. doing you know action and, and doing work in the community so of course it was met with great sort of positivity and, and interest we haven't we're meeting on Monday is our next meeting where we've been asked to come back with some ideas. Wow. Um, we had a few ideas actually. Sort of Can you share these jokes? No, yeah, I'm not going to. Because people listening no, because might, people want might to. be You're worried about other people will steal your idea. I've got yeah. the competition element. Oh, yes, I'm still hoping for a trophy. Ideas. So you don't have so. to tell us whose ideas they were. No, they were. They were no rubbish ideas. But it was. I suppose that could be anything away. Obviously not. But very similar actually to what to what Stephen said. A lot of. I mean, we were looking at. Oh, I'm going to get told off here now. But looking at potentially a tea party for example that was something yeah. we felt wanting to do we mm. were thinking about possibly um for families or children perhaps mm. um vulnerable families or children perhaps with a, with a disability who we could perhaps access through some of the schools already as the conversation started going we knew of, of friends or colleagues who actually worked in such schools or yeah. with these groups so instantly we felt we had a sort of rapport and we could reach out to that quite mm. um quickly it's something that we mm. could do um and it was something that everyone in the group in one way or another there were different sort of elements and different strands to it but that was where the conversation that was does going sound fantastic you know because what i hope will happen here is that it will change groups forever so the groups having done this will then even if they don't carry on doing sort of the same events regularly, there will be an involvement and an interest yeah, the in whatever area. Made. Yeah, the contact will have been made. Absolutely. Well, immediately what we felt actually on a slightly sort of, not negative, that's the wrong word, but straight away we felt, well, actually it seems a shame or awful just to do this once. Yeah. Yeah. You know, actually yeah. we, you know, we felt, well, what if momentum was built? What yeah. if it was a success and we wanted to continue doing this? Mm. Of course, there's no reason why we couldn't, yeah. but sort of once a month, you know, what if, if something did work and for us or yeah. all the other groups, well, you know, could this spiral into, yeah. into regularity, that which would be, be fantastic. That would be a sign, I think, of the success of this project. Mm. Not whether it was a wonderful one-off that we look back to and think that was good fun. Well, we didn't want it? any tokenism. We would, you know, it's awful to look at the church yeah. where they come and do gooders and do thing here and, there, and yeah. it's not yeah. followed through Absolutely. in anything yeah. sort yeah. of sustained. Genuine yeah. relationships so we didn't sort being of want, yeah. is really hopefully one of the outcomes of it. Absolutely. Yeah. So what about, um, what are the rules? Are, <laughs> are home groups allowed to sort of do two smaller things or does it have, you know, do they oh have yeah, to spend the hundred absolutely. pounds and do one yeah, thing no, absolutely, and yeah. That question came up with us got as well, to, actually, yeah, yeah. No, they, they could, you know, divide it. I, I mean, I would imagine that for most groups it would make sense to do one project mm. using the hundred pounds. It might be that there is two things. I would suggest probably two's the limit. But basically, this is, this is decentralising mission. Okay, so basically now the decision has been taken, it's over to home groups and their leaders 
to basically take these decisions. So, you know, there's nothing really, I think, within reason yeah. <laughs> that a group could do that we would, um, you know, say they can't do. I mean, yeah. basically, we're not going to be boycotting anything. What I quite hope to happen is that the overall leaders of the group won't have to carry this. Yeah. The people will emerge within each group. And Anna, you're a member of my home group, so, you yes, know, it might, it, might, it might be that it's <laughs> And, the, you know, new, new talent really emerges in the process mm. of the whole of this. But, you know, there are other ways in which our ho home groups... I mean, one of the things I'd love all of our home groups to do is have one of our children's groups that they pray for regularly and they take yeah. an interest in. So one of our home groups is connected to climbers. Yeah, one of them is connected idea. to explorers. So getting group. that... Yeah, yeah absolutely. Nice getting idea. just that sort of more outward focus for home groups, I'm sure, will... Uh, reinvigorate them and transform them. Mm. Mm -hmm. So Nathan, some of the um, youth groups will be involved in this as well. Yeah. How do you think that will go I down? I think it's in, is it Encounter and Engage that are going to... As many of them as you want, really, but you know, we oh, mustn't give you too much work. Oh, well, yeah. yeah <laughs> that's okay to get us started with. Um, but yeah, because there's a bit of crossover in the groups anyway. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so they've absolutely no idea about this yet. I haven't brought it up, haven't mentioned yeah. it. So I think they'll be really excited. Well, Explorers is going to as well, the 7 to 11 group. Okay, yeah. And yeah. I think for a group of 7 to 11 year olds to be told they're given 100 quid is, is quite a big challenge, yeah. isn't yeah. it? And, and I think it's giving our young people responsibility, encouraging them to have vision. So it's very exciting what And again, happen. it's part of what I was saying earlier about saying you are the church yeah. you're not you're not yeah. here to be kept yeah. Yeah, while going and do yeah. church you know Absolutely. this is their, yeah. their vital and part it may well be that you see i think what will happen here is that the enthusiasm of the young people and the relatively recent christians is going to be the challenge I think mm. it's our older, more established Christians who I hope are going to respond to this with great enthusiasm, but will be less used to this sort of thing yeah. being asked. So I think it will be a wonderful sort of level as well, really, because I think we'll, we'll, we'll see people particularly responding to this who won't be people who've been in church for donkey's years, but will perhaps, you know, respond to it more easily. I, I think that's what's so exciting to me about it is that, you know, mission and has often in church been done a certain way by certain people and there's this huge culture around it that says this is how it should be done but but as you said this is kind of decentralizing mission yep. it's saying you know be as creative as you want yeah. you know and and i'm i'm just really excited to see what people come mm. up with yeah. you know and, and things that might seem like how have we not been doing yeah. this for the last and hopefully um, it will change the sort of church we are i think when you decentralize things like this people's gifts and talents emerge and we become a different church yeah. because a whole new mm. branch of mission opens up. And it really encourages working together, I think, as well, without yep. even forcing it on people. People yep. will start sharing yeah. those yep. talents and working yeah. together and, yeah. and, and, you know, making friends. People will yep. be less cliquey, I think. I think yep. on all, all levels it's going to be and great. And it will bond groups together, won't yeah. it, when you've yes, got a definitely. sort of, you know... Be, like, be, be a bit like I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so Hopefully not too like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the difference mission makes, that was actually our theme last week at Mission Sunday. So uh, let's move on and speak about that now. Um, last Sunday we had Rachel Cook, who was uh, she's one of the young people who's grown up through the through the youth work at Christchurch, um, and then just took her gap year last year, and she went to Tanzania with Tear Fund. Um, and she's now away at university, but she came back especially for Mission Sunday to speak at 9.30 and 11 o'clock. Uh, quite a journey, I think, from Durham. All yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 around yeah. So trip. she spoke in our morning services, and then Jeremy Nash, who is a, he, he's a longer-term mission partner, he spoke in the evening at 6.30. Um, we also had some other mission partners along to be sort of interviewed during the services, and we heard from Mercy Tite and Helen Burningham. 
So, Stephen, what was the aim of Mission Sunday, and do you think you achieved this aim? Well, the aim really... I mean, Mission Sunday is, in one sense, I want Christchurch to always be focused on mission. And so every uh, Sunday, I want to sort of be Mission Sunday. But the reason we have a Mission Sunday, one particular Sunday of the year, is particularly to focus on mission away from New Morden. We're trying to do a lot locally. We've just heard about that. Um, but we have a very important dimension of the church's mission, which is away from New Morden and other parts of the country and uh, overseas. And we particularly wanted this year on Mission Sunday for the congregations to be inspired by hearing about the difference that mission makes to people's real lives. So the practical difference that yeah. what our mission partners are doing on the ground, some of the stories of that. And it seemed a really good thing to have Rachel Cook come back because mm. she... Uh, was in Tanzania just recently. She's only 19, the youngest preacher I believe Christchurch has had in its 148-year uh, history. Um, and she preached so well at 6.30 that we thought this would be great for people at 9.30 and 11 o'clock to hear. So I think Mission Sunday did alert people to the difference to real people's lives that our mission away from New Morden makes. Mm. Well, Joe, if I could come to you now. Um, you were here last Sunday, weren't you? Yes. What yeah. did you think um, of the service? What did you think about what Rachel Cook had to say? It was great. It was interesting, obviously. It was really sort of inspiring. It was, you know, so encouraging to see, talking about Rachel, aside from the other two, sort of what young people can do when they really mm. want to put their mind to it and get up and go and the difference they can make. I'd, I knew a bit of her story because I know her parents well and I'd followed her blog and I'd sort yeah. of read it as she mm. went along. But to hear her speak about it and to see the pictures, it was incredible and, you know, something that I hope more children, more young people in the, in the church will follow. And um, in general, it was a great service because I've always had, even growing up in a church, always had a bit of a issue is the wrong word, a question about mission. I've always, I think it's always had a bad image in terms, you mm. tend to think about sort of, you know, men with socks and sandals going out <laughs> to convert the natives. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, turning up in the jungle to convert. And I never Kith really, yeah, yeah. exactly, I never mm. really got it, which sounds silly. And now I think, again, it's, it's this word I know I keep overusing in this, in this sort of chat today, about being practical and pragmatic. And mission is about going mm. to places, whether it be in Africa, it can be on our doorstep, it could be Anyway, and actually making a difference and rolling your sleeves up and making a difference. Yeah. And, yep. you know, I think I mean, that I really came across. And then with Helen as well, who then spoke about the work with the, the children that she's yes. doing and yeah. the dance workshops yeah. Yeah, and was really the impressed. communication. It was really good. It really is dispelling, I think, that very sort of mm. worthy image of, of yeah. mission. I think a lot of people of, of my sort of age, my parent generation, yeah. still have, I think. So yeah. um, it was fantastic. Well, I, mean, I, I thought with Helen, I was really impressed to hear a bit more this year because she was there... Um, I think it was just over a year ago, mm. and talking about the fact that she was going to be going and what she was going to be doing. And uh, I was rather confused to hear about this kind of local white girl going to teach Africans how to dance. I was <laughs> <laughs> really? Um, but to hear, you know, that she's working, you know, with disabled children and helping them with yeah. coordination and things that, that they just wouldn't be getting. Oh, they're, yeah. you know, um, and integrating that joy of dance into a, a sort of, you know, Christianity as well. I think mm. that because mm. although Africans are sort of have a strong dance culture, it won't necessarily be integrated within Christianity in every case, yeah. right? Mm. So yeah, no, I, was, I was really encouraged. Yeah. And then likewise with Mercy as well, when then she spoke about her work here, you know, with Centre Point she spoke of mm. and with homeless and marginalised. So we were getting all aspects just in that one service mm. of sort of far-flung places, but also, you know, 
mile, just a few miles away from where we live in our nice sort of cosy bubble in, in New Malden. I thought it was a really, yeah. really useful service. I wasn't sure actually how many children were. It wasn't a seven up service, was no, it? I don't think. No. But I knew a few did stay, and I noticed a few right. some of my friends' children that had purposely stayed in okay. right. because their parents wanted them to hear it, which again right. I think was was great that, that they is, felt that was important yeah. enough for them to stay and listen and see what goes yeah. on in the big wide world. Yeah, so it's good. Well, let's move on now. Um, we are nearly in December already, it's hard to believe, mm. and this Sunday is actually the first Sunday in Advent. So we're going to have a look at what's coming up here at Christchurch in the run-up to Christmas. Um, we've got some new sermon series that are about to start, so if we just start by, um, by taking a look at them. Oh, let's see. At 9.30, we are starting a series on finding God in the various aspects <laughs> of Christmas. So we've got Stephen speaking this Sunday on finding God in the parties at Christmas. Um, we are also going to be covering um, finding God in the decorations at Christmas, <laughs> the food and drink of Christmas, um, and then we're going to round off the, the series with the children's carol service. So, Stephen, if I come to you first. Yep. The grand finale, isn't yeah. it? The, season, <laughs> the season's yep, end. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, what was the thinking behind this sermon? Well, series? integration, really, what I was saying earlier. Um, there is loads happening as uh, we run up to Christmas. Uh, lots of Christmas parties go on. People really? are busy getting decorations <laughs> up, you know, um, <laughs> buying food and drink. And what we're really trying to do at Christchurch is say, rather than squeeze God in somewhere alongside all that, it's more a question of seeing where God is reflected actually in every single aspect of our lives. Mm -hmm. And all of these things, uh, God can be found within um, all of these things uh, we can be encouraged to sort of integrate with our Christian faith and there, therefore maybe do better or do more uh, sort of overtly in a Christian way. Um, yeah, and I'm just at the moment preparing my talk uh, for Sunday on the parties at Christmas. And Jesus was a big party animal. Um, wherever Jesus went, a party was taking, uh, taking place. And a lot of the ministry of Jesus is summed up by Jesus bringing the joy that something new has broken into this world that means it's never going to be the same again. Yeah, he turned so a bunch actually, of you know, loaves and fishes into a party. A feast, yeah, you know, absolutely. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. And every time he called someone, uh, particularly someone who was on the margins or someone who was excluded, there was a big party to welcome them in. Mm. So all of these things can be integrated uh, with our Christian faith. Fantastic. And then I see at 11 o'clock... Um, the 11 o'clock service has had several series on King David, yep. looking at King David. And the, the sermon series for Advent is looking at how King David points us to Jesus yep. in some of the New Testament books of the Bible. Yeah, well, there's always a challenge in Advent to uh, approach Christmas in a fresh way. And one of the things, as you say, we've done is had a big focus on King David, looking at 1 and 2 Samuel at the 11 o'clock service recently. So I thought during Advent we could... Look at the figure of David through the sort of different perspectives of four New Testament writers who all see it as crucial that Jesus was the son of David that uh, sort of followed in the, in, in the footsteps of King David. And so each of these sermons will look, first case at Matthew's Gospel, then Luke's Gospel, I'll look at Paul's letter to the Romans, Karenin will look at uh, Revelation. And the way in which the figure of King David sheds light on who Jesus is, and what he came to do, and really what Christmas is all about. Mm. Um, and then finally, at 6.30, we are starting a series on Christmas questions. So Katie Loftman speaking this week on the, all the different mentions of angels in the yep. Christmas story, but we will also be looking at the mentions of the prophets, 
um, of Herod and Augustus as well, and then we're going to round off that series with Carols by Candlelight, which I know is, a, is quite a big yeah. event. Yeah, I mean, I think questions are really crucial. I quite often like sermon series to have questions. So um, people become very familiar with the Christmas stories, and we've got to keep mm. asking questions about them to keep them fresh. So yeah. why is there so much mention of angels? Why are they popping up the whole time? What that, what's that about? Mm. Why is it important? Why is there so much, much mention of the prophets, particularly in Matthew's Christmas stories? And why do Herod and Augustus have crucial roles in the Christmas yeah. story? Uh, Herod in Matthew's Gospel, Augustus in Luke's Gospel. What is that saying to us about the political uh, significance Landscape of the Christmas the stories? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, well, brilliant. So, um, Joe and Nathan, which of the um, Christmas events are you particularly looking forward to this year? Carols by Candlelight is always a favourite of mine, I have to say. That was the first ever service that we came to for really? Christchurch. Really? Yes, we moved oh, to wow. New Moulds in, in the November. Um, and yes, it was the first one we ever came to. And I remember coming then the following year when Charlie, who's now 12, was, gosh, he was probably about eight weeks old, brought a baby to the service, <laughs> which was crazy, really, for a very sort of very calming, but actually slept all the way through it. So I've always got very sort of... What very was this, 2002, something like that? Yeah, um, yes, it would have been 2002, yeah. yeah. Um, so yes, it's always got very fond memories, but it is... That said as well, it re by that stage as well, the stress, I've normally finished work by then, the boys yeah. have broken up from school, shopping is more or less done. I do I associate it with, when it gets to Carols by Candlelight, I always breathe a sigh of relief and think, right, we're nearly there. You know, the, the, <laughs> the yes. stress, the parties are over, and it just, there's a sense of sort it's of calm, nice which is nice. quite a nice way to focus nice. your mind. I wish yeah, I felt like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've you still got, exactly, you're only revving up to the big yeah. day, yeah. Said exactly. Said Christmas, you know, once every four years. <laughs> we are, yeah, yeah, every other year we're thinking again. <laughs> so, yeah, I have to say, that for me, and actually I do often, now, having bought Charlie to his first ever one, I don't think I've ever bought them back since, I quite like to come to that one also on my own as well, actually. Mm. I right. quite like to come, yeah. yeah, I find that very, very calm service, it's nice. Mm. And beautiful music as well. We haven't really mentioned the music. Yeah. There's always yeah. a special, well, working hard a special choir yeah. who yeah. practice yeah. and sing. And they're, yeah. they're fantastic. Yeah. And again, that's all talent in our own church. And sometimes I look at people and, and look on the stage and think, gosh, I didn't know you were a singer. Or well, some of them you look seem quite, quite shy. Talented, or they? But then you I never them. would have thought they yeah. had it. And they had <laughs> talent. So it's lovely to see all these familiar faces singing so beautifully. So I do like that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for me and Anna, actually, I guess we've not always been able to make it to things like mm. Carols by Candlelight or never been um, able to make it to the Midnight Communion on Christmas Eve either. And um, this will be the first year we're actually around in New Malden for, for Christmas because often I'm either flying yeah. back to Ireland to see family or we're going up to Leeds to see Anna's family. Um, but yeah, we're, we're here in London having our first uh, London Christmas. Yeah, I'm so really excited about being able to go to the children's carol service. Yeah, <laughs> well. Have you been to one yet? Have you? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. one. We've been to one, I yeah. think, because Stephen asked us to dress up as Mary and Joseph. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, and that's then, right, and then you forgot to involve us in <laughs> oh. the thing, and we just Well, that won't happen. So we just sat in the congregation looking like... And asked, like, why did you come in Well, that also the idea of the children's carol service, which we've had as many as, I think the largest number of children that ever came was 194 children, 184 adults. And the idea is that all the children and as many adults as possible come dressed up as angels and My favourites are men. the ones that are like the characters who aren't in the traditional... Yes, yeah, the Spider-Man. There's always a Spider-Man. There's always a Spider-Man. Usually a Woody. Well, I'm the Woody. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm yet to script it this year. 
but you know, I feel a little bit like Walking on Wires for yeah. Christmas. There's where a lot you of constantly pressure. have to live up yeah. to what you did the previous year. <laughs> yeah. But basically, yeah, uh, we're going to have to sort of ring the changes a bit. But yeah, children's carousel. But my favourite service of all is Christmas Day. In the whole year, my favourite service yeah. of every other service at Christchurch is Christmas morning. Because there's a magnificent atmosphere of celebration mm. and fun, and it's it's absolutely buoyant. So that's what I'm really looking forward yeah, to. Yeah, again, we'll be able to come for yeah. the first time. So yeah. yeah. And I should mention as well, actually, that being a member of the fun committee, yeah. as is Anna, that after Carol's by Candlelight, there's always a nice chance to sort of chat and have a mince pie and yeah. some mold wine. Mold wine. So there wasn't until nice the alcohol ban yes, was repealed in 2009. <laughs> <laughs> it was a sort of strange, sort of sticky, warm apple juice yeah, warm, or something. Yeah. Yes, but now we have mold wine. Yes. But that's always nice as well, because again, everyone's getting in the yep. hopefully Christmas spirit by then so yep. yes. that's a plug by there. drinking Christmas spirits yeah. <laughs> 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 right moving on um, we recently had um, had a film crew here at Christchurch last weekend we had a yeah. film crew come um, and they made a short film um, called The Last Post. So, Stephen, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, well, I got a phone call out of the blue from a guy called Adam Preston, who's a director, and he said he had a great idea for a short film, sort of film that's shown at film festivals, um, where directors show the sort of stuff they can do and hopefully get sort of feature films come their way and that sort of thing. And he said, it's a film where we need a church. We need a church to uh, shoot this film. And the theme of it is uh, of this girl called Kerry who lived her whole life on Facebook, uh, constantly posting stuff about herself and then sadly she dies in a skydiving accident uh, trying to sort of do a selfie. Yeah, skydiving selfie. Yeah, so skydiving <laughs> selfie. And she basically dies and what happens is that the family get two people who only knew her off Facebook they think they know are really good friends of her. They get one of them in particular to do the eulogy at her funeral and this guy doesn't know what to do because he's only met her once but he bases the whole eulogy on Facebook and what he can find out about her from that and basically it's a sort of dark comedy really yeah. and it had um, Mark Heap playing uh, the vicar now he's the one who's Miranda's therapist if you um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Miranda. You're, you're not talking about a Miranda, Miranda that's in the congregation. <laughs> <laughs> the TV show, well, yeah. basically, this guy, very, very good actor, and he borrowed my robes and stuff, and oh, uh, actually borrowed and my your shoes. shoes. <laughs> he did, yeah. Well, he arrived without black shoes. So, so what were you wearing? When I you was just walking around in socks. I was one of the extras in the congregation. So, ah. you know, I was part in fact, of some the of our young people were extras as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There was around about 100 odd um, sort of people. Um, who were here um, sort of acting in it and then we had crew and we so the whole church was taken over from seven in the morning till seven at night and it was really exciting to see mm. a way uh, that a film uh, is made and it was it was great fun and um, I was really glad to sort of host them here you know we fed them we gave them bacon rolls and stuff for breakfast Sarah Parker cooked a magnificent sort of chili uh, including a vegetarian version to give them at lunchtime. And so all these actors all felt, I think, rather looked after, and, and uh, it was great fun. I, I think I'm right in saying that actually it won't be the last we hear of it either, because there's a chance we're yeah. going to get to see absolutely. it here Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'd like to show it at Christchurch, invite all the actors, director back, and perhaps have a discussion about it. Yeah. Because yeah. this whole theme about reality um, and the whole sort of um, social media uh, world is really quite a relevant one. And mm. um, so I think there's quite a lot we can make of it really mm. and it does also open up the whole subject of how church and christians are, are portrayed in the media and our relationship to the media mm. um so joe coming to you um what's your take on this what does the portrayal of church and christians in the media tell us about how christianity is perceived because i mean media is your yeah. yes it is i have worked yes in media for a long time with a journalist and, and most recently for the last sort of 
15 years or so in public relations, okay. which is very much about reputation and image. Mm. And so it's, yeah, it's certainly an area that I'm um, really interested in, in terms of how the church is. Every time I see whether it's a vicar, whether it's the archbishop, whether yeah. it's Justin Welby commenting, mm. I do always watch it with a critical eye in terms mm. of a, oh, well said, good point, or a cringe, or you shouldn't <laughs> have said that. I've always got a yeah. bit of a sort of a spin doctory head on there. But I think, I, I think at the moment, the church, which is not a place it's always been, and also the, the, the Church of England, if we're talking specifically about that, hasn't got a bad image in the media. And I think a lot of that is to do mm. with... Um, sort of post-recession and the way that communities were, were really calling out for need. I think the church really rallied and people have seen in the media mm. and in real life, the church coming to life in terms of everything from food banks to night shelters mm. to really reaching out. And I think that side of it, whereas perhaps in the past, you know, back for even in the sort of 70s and 80s, it might have been perceived as sanctimonious or another institution or, or doing yeah. things wrong or getting... And I think at the moment, mm. the image isn't... Yeah. isn't bad yeah, and I, mean, I think I that's something to be really worked on Harold Bishops the Doc yeah. Cottons the kind yeah. of judgmental exactly. holier than judgmental nice. yeah, and miserable yeah. and let's not have fun yeah. and let's all be very boring and I, I do think that's slowly changing it is yeah, it's I very interesting so. the way that TV vicars have gone which yes. I'm quite interested well that's helped because a lot, once yeah. it was the sort of Derek Nimmo Der Derek yes. Nimmo rather yes. sort of rather a bit of a fool yeah a bit of a fool and well, the Dick Emery. Uh, yeah, the, the Dick Emery vicar, the vicar in Dad's Army, the, yes, the, the rector into yeah. the Manor Born. They're all yeah. rather sort of nine, nice, but rather out of touch. Mm. Um, and you, you know, the vicar of Dibley really changed a lot of that comedy yeah. convention on his head because she becomes the only sensible one in the, yeah. in the village, doesn't yes. she? Everyone, her and David Horton have got a brain cell between them and everyone else are complete idiots. So, I um, really like Alice in the vicar. <laughs> 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 but then Rev more recently yeah. as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I was ambivalent about Rev because I felt that he had a heart of gold that was fairly useless. <laughs> so I was a little bit worried about what that portrayed about the church. No, I think but what it did was portray useless. was... Yeah, I mean, I it know. did really show... It seemed almost every week he had uh, some kind of crisis of yeah. faith. Yeah. Or crisis. But it, it showed a kind of genuine, honest grapple. Yep, there was God. a prayer. You know, every episode it, had a prayer. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. and no matter how bad things were going, he yeah. turned to God and said, why? And he yeah. asked questions. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, um, it wasn't portraying anything that wasn't, it didn't seem yeah. believable or yeah. real. You know, and Incredibly well-researched, Rev, as well. I mean, yeah. basically, they had, um, it was absolutely spot on. It was an exaggeration, like a lot of comedy is, of, of situations. But even the Archdeacon you know, popping in every five minutes to terrorise him. Although that doesn't happen or anything near it, it does portray quite well the paranoia that a lot of clergy <laughs> have that yeah. that sort of thing might happen. But I think even the Vicar of Dibley going back, which was actually quite a while ago, wasn't yeah. it, that it first yeah. came out? I mean, the episodes are always popping up, aren't they, yeah. on sort of Gold and Dave and things, but it mm. was a while ago. But even then, which was much more sort of slapstick, if you like, in yeah. this comedy. It wasn't a dark comedy, but there were some serious moments in that as well, oh, weren't there? There, there, you yeah. know, there was sort of Dawn French, Geraldine yeah. calling for help or yeah. getting it wrong, yeah. or, or that very famous episode when she got caught up in the whole media yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. spin of it all herself, yeah. didn't she? So yeah. we actually yeah. even saw how it can work with Absolutely. it. And I think, it, you know, again, even looking at it from a very different approach to Rev, it did tackle some, yeah. some issues. The issues of cosy village life are almost as tough as those of, of, of preaching in the yeah. inner cities. So I think they were both very cleverly written, weren't Reality they? Reality so TV as well is, is bringing... Uh, real yes. vicars Kate into Butley. Yeah, so yeah. you've got yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Kate Yeah, I Butley. think she's fantastic. She's, she's, she's brilliant on social media as well. Yeah, you know, she does tweet a lot. It's not just that she pops yeah. up on Gogglebox, yeah. but she tweets all through the week. Well, she's becoming human, isn't she? Again, yeah. she's not sticking her head above the parapet in the sanctimonious yeah. way that a lot of people 
still have that feeling and yeah. I think it's great to have someone on yeah. such a sort of popular culture show. Well, she came to light through that um, dance uh, thing, didn't she, at that wedding? That yes. was yeah, how a she wedding flash. flash yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, really? Was that why, yeah. she was, why Channel YouTube, 4 noticed her, was YouTube, it? Okay. Yeah. It's like the same way as on, um, on the uh, Radio 2 Breakfast Show with Chris Evans, he has his pause for thought, which again I know is very established with, with Radio mm. 4's having done it. But again, it's, that's a very sort of uh, cool, popular, well-listened to yeah. show. Chris Evans has still got that sort of media image. Mm. And the fact that he has every day, and again, of course it's multi-faith, you know, and I, yeah. I listen with as much interest on my drive to work to the mm. rabbi as I do to the, the vicar, as I do to the Buddhist monk, to the yeah. Roman Catholic priest, because they all have something so wise and thoughtful to say and even having that slap bang in the middle mm. of sort of music and banter and real mm. irreverence i think it's really important that mm. people you know it's catching people at yeah. the beginning of their day and really talking to them yeah. I, mean, I think it's a also you know whether there's movies there's tv shows there's these things but they also pose really interesting questions for the church to respond to at times as well. I mean, I know that Anna has really enjoyed watching Call the Midwife oh, and yeah, seeing... that's brilliant. Um, and the, the great thing about Call the Midwife is it's not actually meant to be about faith or religion at all. It's, it's about midwives, and it and it's based on a real midwife's memoir. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You've read the books as well, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The books are quite graphic, actually. They're not. They're not like <laughs> not Sunday night viewing, no, no. <laughs> but not like the TV show. But um, the thing I really loved watching the TV show is that the nuns that, that you, these mm. new nurses, the young nurses, work with, the nuns are the ones who aren't judgmental. Um, and I yes. think so often yeah. um, in in the media, Christians are portrayed as being judgmental. And actually, embarrassingly, a lot of the time, I don't think that's an unfair portrayal. But in Call the Midwife, um, the, the nuns are the ones who always remind the nurses, look, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Don't jump yeah. to conclusions. You know, and there are all sorts of reasons behind why people might behave the way they do. And yeah. it, our, our job is to love them and to not treat Such them any You're differently. right, a real yeah. kindness and a real moral tone always comes out at the end. And I know it's TV and always a yeah. bit sanitised and wrapped up mm. at the end. But there is a, yeah, there's a moral it, message. It's got that weight of being based on... A real yes, account of someone's yes, real experience. Yeah. And it, and you it know, is you actually very true to the to the books. And it, reading it in the books, actually, the faith comes into the books a lot more. Uh, the nurses are quite challenged by the way the nuns behave. I also didn't realise you could get Protestant nuns. I mm. when I watched the, I watched the TV show first, and I yes, I thought they were right, Catholic. Yeah. But um, when I read the book, I found out that they were Protestant mm. nuns. Mm. But um, but the the nurse is really challenged by by their faith, um, and. And many of them went on to become Christians and have a faith of their own, um, you know, either while they were there or as yeah. they after they left. Yeah, it really but does turn it on its head where you're kind of seeing these very, um, you know, human situations that people have found themselves mm -hmm. in, very yeah. tough situations. And just as you're expecting, you know, the... Um, some kind of judgment to come mm. from these nuns. You know, it's actually the quite prim and proper sort of middle class mm. midwives, young girls yeah. coming in who really ex throw in the judgment mm. out and it's the yeah. nuns saying, wait a minute, yeah. you know, yes. that's... Yes. The other thing though I'm keen to see um, uh, Christians and churches doing the media as well is striking those discordant voices, which is quite a lot more difficult to do because I think we must be sort of affirming and positive um, about the things that need to be, but also on things like human trafficking things like fair trade um, I think it is the duty of Christians to be outspoken even if that makes us uh, unpopular and, and I think one of the, the tragic things is that all the concern for the environment that should have been generated by Christian theology mm. because a lot of Christian theology wasn't particularly engaging with you know um, 
all the resources that were there to give a really strong theological defense of why we should care for the environment. That was driven, and wonderfully so, by a lot of uh, voices and forces outside of the church, and particularly on human trafficking, uh, the scandal of you know, 30 million odd people being in slavery today. What I really hope can happen is that the churches can lead the way in showing that for the evil that it is and agitating for the change that will bring about its abolition. Yeah. And I think that's, again, part of the role that we have in the media, even and if that's an unwelcome message. Yeah, I think the, what, what Joe was pointing out about the, um, how the, the, the perception of the church is turning, I think we're, we are earning the right to be that voice yeah. again. Yeah. You know, I think there's, there's some, it, it's, it's a journey that we're, we're on in the media yeah. in that, um, you know, we watched a movie called Philomena, which I yeah. really recommend everyone, um, all Christians should, should watch yeah. it, I think. You know, it's, it's hugely challenging about, you know, tr again, a true story um, of some horrible things that were happening to Nasty young women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but what was, what was nice was in the midst of all of that to see this very simple, very genuine faith of um, the, the lady Philomena that Judy Dench plays mm -hmm. um, and the grace and the love and the willingness to forgive that she had. And, and, yeah. and I think the church, you know, holding her hands up and saying we've done things wrong in the past, yeah. and, and, but we're, yeah. we're trying, we're yeah. getting there, and, and we're slowly... In, in the public eye, you know, earning the right to be a voice on, yep. um, on these issues. I think you're right, you can use the media. The media has changed so much now. It's so fast, it's so instant. And if mm. you use it properly, you can use it really well in terms of some of the campaigns that Stephen's spoken mm. about or yeah. putting a comment out. I mean, the Archbishop tweets, you know, he uses that. So, you yeah. know, that's, so the church has got to stay modern. It's got to stay as part of the argument. You can't shy away no, from it. You've got to be there. Otherwise, other people will come in with their own comments and views about it. So I think the fact is, you know, we're yep. part of the debate. It's yep. really positive, hugely positive. Incarnational. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that is all we have time for today. So thank you to Nathan and to Stephen and extra special thanks to Joe for joining us today. Um, if you would like to keep in touch with us um, through the rest of the week, please do follow us on Twitter at CCNM News. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christchurch New Malden, or you can just search Christchurch New Malden, and of course our website, ccnm.org. But that is all from us. Thank you.